We are Living by the Word Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to one cause. That cause is the truth given in the Holy Bible, which we believe is the inerrant and infallible Word of God, conferred to man to live by. We let the Word of God be the final authority as to what is or is not true. We strongly feel that if we do not expose false doctrine, we only encourage it. This ministry is designed to challenge you from an apologetic point of view. 1 Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This is Michael Tinsley. Please stay tuned while we arm you, the believer, to keep living by the word. It's the noble thing to do. Well, yes, indeed, it is a noble thing to do. Yes, it is, to keep living by the word. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Living by the Word Ministries presentation of the Bible Information Brokers. My name is Daryl Easy D. Fulton, one of the teammates, and I will pass the baton over to my other teammate in studio, Mr. Live, Brian Allen. How you doing, sir? Doing well, Daryl. Brian, you might open us up in a word of prayer as we get this program going, please. My pleasure. Thank you. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this. Uh, thank you for the show tonight, Lord. Uh, we thank you for who you are, Lord. Uh, first and foremost, I always like to thank you for your grace, your kindness, your mercy, your love, uh, just just the love you have for your children and, uh, you know, to die on the cross so we can live forever mm. with you. Lord, that's just, that's just awesome, and we, we thank you for that. Uh, the grace that you give us, Lord, all the dumb, stupid things we do, all the times we mess up, Lord, you forgive us. You have mercy on us. You give us grace. And uh, we thank you for that as well. Lord, I just ask that you bless this, this radio program tonight. Lord, I just ask that you bless those that are listening tonight. Lord, for um, uh, Lord, we ask that those that have questions, Lord, give them the strength and not to feel, I guess, uh, uneasy about calling in the radio show to ask a question, Lord, because that's what this uh, broadcast is about. Thank you for sustaining us for all these years, 20-something plus years, Lord. Thank you so, so much. Learn all that we do, Lord. We just want to give you the praise. We want to give you the glory. We want to give you the honor. Always, always, always. Because it's all about you, not about us. Lord, thank you for uh, for, for Craig, for Daryl, for Eric, uh, for Gabe, uh, everyone associated with this show, Lord. And again, Lord, I just ask you, your Holy Spirit just has, has his hand on this, this radio broadcast tonight, Lord. It'll run smoothly. Uh, no interruptions uh, with, with the technology. And again, Lord, that the people will call in that has their questions and uh, and we will give them the appropriate biblical answer. So again, thank you so, so much. We give you praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, B. Thank you very much, Brian. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian mentioned um, Eric's name. Gabriel's going to make sure all the engineering stuff takes uh, takes care of. And if you want to be so kind as to call Eric at 888-995-5552, 888-995-5552. We like to say that you're going to do it telephonically. That's why we give you those numbers, 888-995-5552. It's a number to start calling Eric right now so that we can get your question, as Brian said, and give a biblical response to your question. Also, if you want to give us a shout-out or a question by way of um, Facebook or tweet or email, all those formats are done by simply writing in the address in the appropriate format, Bible Info Brokers. 
Bible Info Brokers. If you're going to hit us up on Facebook, tweet, com website, you can send us an email question as well. If you're on the uh, Internet and it's Facebook, why don't you go ahead and take an opportunity to share that you're listening to the broadcast live. Go ahead and share it, and then the way the people in your contact will be able to know that we're live on the air. So if you'd be so kind as to share, check in with us, put your name, little emoji, and all those type of things, and we can get started with the radio broadcast and get as many questions as we can asked and answered. And so also, without further ado, Brian, I mentioned another guy's name, Craig. I affectionately call him PCH. Professor Craig Hawkins is along with us there. PCH, how you doing this evening, brother? Well, Daryl, it's great to join you telephonically. I am so glad to be here. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Greg? Was, was there a joke in there that someone wanted to get? <laughs> I always appreciate you being on the telephone with us, Greg, and even so telephonically, we can appreciate you always being there. We we thank you for it. Brian, I had a question. No, just how to define. What do you mean by I affectionately call him PCH? What does that mean? Well, that means that you know how... Um, Paul was endeared by the brothers and sisters that he had. I'm, I always, when I think about that, I think about all you brothers like this, that when you, when we meet up on a week and then we leave each other, the affection like they gave Paul when they walked him down to the boat, Craig, what, what was it? What was that in the book of Acts where they walked him down and gave him, you know, brotherly hug? Acts chapter 20. Yeah, man. And that's always come to my mind about that, how, you know, men, big strong men in America, we don't have those tender terms for each other, not in a way that is uh, misunderstood, but in a, a, a tender, affectionate way. I really love you, brothers, and I really appreciate what you guys have been doing with us for all this time together. And that's why I say well, affectionately. Like yeah. yeah, definitely. And Brian, you know, you affectionately call many things. I used to, bus driver. Uh, no, no, no. But before we even did the radio together, remember, we met on a basketball court. I refereed some of your games with someone. If I say the names, you start cracking up right now. And I know I've caught quite a few fouls on you and the guy, Howie Long, when he was on your team. Howie whatever. Long, yeah, yeah. all those guys. From the Raiders, yeah, yeah. He played with us. And see, Brian, even though that was me, Brian, uh, Craig, um, I gave him a chance to prove up referee-wise, but uh, he wasn't that good at that. So but other than that, <laughs> uh-huh. he's my guy. He's a good ball player, though. Brian was an excellent ball player. Well, ladies and gentlemen, listen, we gave you the phone number of 888 to call in. Please take an opportunity to call in now. Eric has some open lines. He wants to set you up. So we want to get into as many calls as we can. So, folks, keep in mind that there is no dumb question. Really, it isn't. It's the, the question that you ask may be really pondered upon by many people in different ways. So by you sharing your question, many people say, you know what, I, I thought about that as well. And so take an opportunity to participate in the broadcast. I consider you definitely part of the team and the listening audience as far as the Bible information brokers are concerned. So dial in at 888-995-5552. Everything else, as I said, Facebook, tweet, email, messenger, is Bible Info Brokers, Bible Info Brokers. Gentlemen, let's go to the phone lines as we do have the calls up now. Um, man, Eric is pretty quick here. Let's go to Jesse in the city of Tustin. Jesse, thanks for holding on and calling in. Yeah, I was just calling about a, it's a Justin. Um, yeah, there's like war of the Ukraine, and um, just wondering um, where where you see like what kind of evil is like to just keep going with that, whatever chemicals and compared to, like, Jesus' day, it's usually just, like, invasions and stuff, and then, I don't know, you can even relate it to uh, American history, I guess, if you want, like, getting invaded there, or just even our uh, own wars and stuff, like, where do you see, uh, 
you know, God, Jesus, and in, 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 in these types of uh, issues with, uh, you know, Afghanistan, you know, um, Christians yeah. persecuted or Ukrainians, the same people as like Russians, you know. You know, I'll tell you what, Jesse, um, it's interesting that you asked that question. I had some notes to myself today that I was going to bring up something similar. Uh, with um, God was dealing with Israel with the first king, Saul, and he gave him instructions to go in there and destroy everybody. And so I was thinking about that. I was saying, wow, here he is. God told him to go in there because of what this this nation did already by when the children of Israel was leave, leaving Egypt. And God told, gave Saul specific instructions about what to do. It was basically total annihilation of, of that particular country. I, don't, I think it was the Amalekites or Agag and all them. And, um, and it was in Second Samuel, I believe, Second Samuel. I'll, I'll get the uh, precise verses. But the idea is that God gave instructions. That's God doing that um, to Saul, the first king of Israel. And where he failed at, Whereas in his disobedience, he didn't do all that God told him to do. But I guess your question is, how does God play part in what's going on today in the various wars and the stuff that we have going on around the world? And I think that's an excellent question for us to maybe uh, give some perspective on from a biblical perspective. Ryan, Craig? You know, it's interesting. I was talking to a gentleman today at church, and he listens to our our, our show regularly. And I told him, call in with, with, your, with your question, because he was... He was kind of like almost uh, almost to what Jesse's saying, but he was saying, when, when do Christians start fighting back? <laughs> you know, he, he was saying that his, his point was, well, if, if Jesus was here, would he just stand by and just let, you know, uh, these abortion clinics keep on going? He, he, he mentioned the fact how he went to, remember when he went to the temple, started turning everything over and um, that scene. And the, he, he brought up a point and says, do you think Jesus would just stand here by and just let all these unbiblical things take place? And I thought, I thought it was an uh, interesting question because even in Jesus' day, there was a lot of corrupt stuff going on as well. So um, I told him to call in. I, I don't know if he will or not, but I told him to call in with this point, and we'll discuss it. So, um, you know, insofar the war in Ukraine, what is God's part in it? Well, you know, I don't know, but I do know he's in control. Yeah. He's always in control. And so what part that plays in the overall scheme and the, uh, the, the, the final, how can I say it, um, Oh, how how it plays in 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 the puzzle of the big uh, scheme of things? I don't know, Craig. Well, sure. There's there's just a lot 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 on the table here to talk about, and and we can't. I can't say. Well, I know God's mind perfectly. I can say exactly what He's up to and what He's doing. But the biblical view is, in fact, I'm actually teaching about this on Sundays right now. But is that God either causes something directly or he allows it to happen. We have to be careful, though, when we say God causes something. Uh, God, God uses a number of, of factors and ways to do things, but what we know that humans are basically evil, I, I mean, I'm sorry for those who think we're basically good, and explain why there's all, all the problems in the world that there are. I mean, you have to make sense of that. And if everybody's good, then how do you, how do you individually or collectively get evil? But but to the point, God allows a lot of things, but he does call us, 
in certain ways and capacities to, to make a difference. Let me point this out. First of all, I'm, I'm not sure it really helps to say what would Jesus do, because Jesus was perfect, and he knows exactly what he would do, and he also came here, though, he, not necessarily to reform the world first time around. He came to, to die to save people. So why did he allow himself to be on him to be committed easily the, the most horrific evil of all eternity, and that is to be killed. I mean, why, why did he allow that? So you have to be careful with that, because you could say, well, that he would have fought to defend himself. That wasn't his purpose. But I think that we can ask this question, though, for Christians now. But I do want to point out, look at the Apostle Paul. He, he, he didn't just go around and say, okay, we've got to end the gladiatorial contests that are going on at the Colosseum. There's all kinds of things that Paul could, uh, evils that... I mean, I think the Bible does address, but Paul doesn't say, now, Christians, mobilize yourself and knock these things off. Um, our, primary, our primary calling is to preach the gospel, is to see people transform, not just here, but for eternity. So, again, you have to factor that in. If you use Christ, you have to be careful, because that's a unique calling, and he is the Son of God, God the Son. Even Paul and the other disciples were not standing outside of the Colosseum and protesting or other taking other means to try to end the horrific gladiatorial contest and other forms of, of barbaric entertainment that people were enjoying of people killing people, animals, and vice versa. So... So now, but, but, so then what am I saying, though? But I think we should, we should try to, pre, pre, to prevent evil, and we do that a number of ways. But, I mean, what are you going to do? You're talking about going and, and trying to uh, uh, hit people or attack people who run abortion clinics? Uh, I'm, I'm going to argue that's not the answer. We fight on our knees, and not that we're just cowards and we just don't do anything, but in the sense that we, we, we have the right to vote. We have the privilege of vote, but most Christians don't take that, do they? We have the, the ability to mobilize, to pray, and ask God's uh, you know, intervention to, to raise finances, to, to stop things, but we don't. Most Christians are too preoccupied with themselves. Me, myself, and I, my favorite three causes, we're more concerned about who we are and, and what we want and what's, what benefits us. Most people want to be comfortable. That's most Christians. Their number one priority in life is to be comfortable and, and non rockabotist Don't cause too much controversy. Don't, don't uh, you know, rock the boat because that's not, not a nice thing. So the church has historically been at the forefront of ending slavery and, and, and doing other things and, and making a difference. I would say another thought here is that but there's also my role as a citizen of, of, of this world. Not that that's necessarily, it's juxtaposed, it's not that it's contradictory to being a Christian. And so look, if I see my neighbor being beat up, well, I'm going to enter in. I'm not going to just go preach the gospel to him. If, because of my background in martial arts and weightlifting that, if I see somebody picking on somebody, I'm going to go and, and, and I want to try to stop it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'll call the police, but I'm not going to just wait for the police to show up. It's often too late. Um, we as Christians need to be, I believe, more involved. We, we need to be pro proactive. But, but again, what, to your friend, what would be the answer? Are you going to go and harm somebody who's running an abortion clinic? That's not right. That's not right either. But we have ways to deal with this, but we don't take it as Christians. We could breed so much. Let me say this. 
we could bring so much economic pressure on various companies if Christians would unite and would literally boycott certain companies. But they don't. They patronize galore companies that are avowedly in their they're avowedly against Christianity. They come out and said things like that, and we don't take them seriously. We don't vote with our pocketbooks. We don't pray like we should. Most Christians, if they pray at all, it's generally a little Hail Mary type of prayer mm. at the end of the night when they're falling asleep, or God forbid they're in a crisis or a family member or themselves are about to die or are seriously injured. That's about the most time most Christians pray. And, and if we really believe the Lord, that not prayer is powerful because prayer is not powerful. Uh, it's it, it's not an inanimate thing. What's powerful is God, and prayer is communication with Him and petitioning Him, among other things. And I believe if we would do that, we would see a changed world. But I believe this world is messed up uh, as bad as it must take America is because the Christians are messed up. Look, the the problem is not the world being the world. What else would you expect them to act like and be? It's us. We're not being salt and light. How many times? It's like I mean, every week I'm hearing about another major Christian celebrity or high-profile individual, um, you know, involved in some type of heinous sin or what have you. You know, Craig. Craig, yes, you, you. Let me jump in here. I want to say something. You know what you're sharing right now. You don't get that in the church, you know, and that's that's the sad thing. You know what you're sharing now, what you're preaching now, whatever what you're teaching now, whatever you want to call it, that's not being taught in our churches today. You know, we talk about what the three things, Craig, reading the Bible, be in prayer and fellowship with one another. Uh, and what you just said in so far as we as we should be as a Christian we're not getting that in the pulpit, not at all. It's amazing how many calls we get from listeners saying, "Hey, this is what my pastor said today." You know, what do you guys think about it? And it's, uh, I think, a lot of the message when someone becomes a Christian and gives their life to Christ, it's not being given to them what they need to do as a Christian. Yeah, well, the, the churches, and and I'm speaking in general because there certainly there are churches who who are who are making a difference, but a lot of them their their motto is don't be controversial, don't run mm. don't make waves. And I, I heard somebody you know the other day say something like, well, if we do that, that'll cause controversy. So we don't talk about that. <laughs> well, well, you take a stand against abortion, you think that's not controversial or uh, other social, moral, ethical issues. And again, the goal is not to be controversial, to be controversial. Indeed, Martin, Walter Martin used to say, controversy for the sake of controversy is sin. Controversy for the sake of, of, of the kingdom of God is a divine command. We are to contend, epiagonizomai in Jude, epiagonizomai, this intense form agonized, fight to the death for the faith once for all delivered unto the saints. Jude 4. Would we would rather roll over, and and we don't we don't want. I, I want to live an easy life. I want the path of least resistance. So I, I guess I'd have to ask your friend if he does call. Well, what would you propose to do? But I am telling you what I believe is the biblical model. If we would unite in prayer, not just pray, praying and voting, and then voting with our pocketbook, we could shut down so many for, sources of evil. 
But we don't. We're often as Christians, it, we're right in there. We, we promote evil often as much as any let, non-Christian. In fact, we put them to shame sometimes. We do outdo them. Let, let, me jump, let me jump in again, Craig. I'm going to give you a perfect example of what you're talking about. Guess what's happened to Russia? Uh, just about every major American company has stopped business there. They stopped giving them the money, their, their, their resources. Uh, the oil. buying gas from them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they mentioned, I saw about 10 to 12 major corporations that they listed that pretty much have stopped putting their money into that country. That is going to hurt them major time, big time. And that's kind of an example, like what you're talking about, Craig, in so far as if Christians band together, okay, came together and, you know, basically do the same thing, you know, with their wallet. It's amazing how people respond when the money doesn't start coming in. It's amazing. Things change. Policies change. Exactly, Brian. Exactly. And let me just say this. Um, you know, there's big wars and rumors wars, and uh, I'm not saying we should get involved in every world conflict, but there's a lot of people I know who are into conspiracy theories, and they think that, I've heard stuff like this, that Ukraine's just as bad as Russia, and, and I'm going to come back to that in a moment, or that it's all been orchestrated, it's all conspiracy, and it's like, what I know is that innocent people, uh, and by innocent I mean non-combatants in that sense, are being killed. Women and children are being killed. And does the Ukraine have a right to peacefully exist and not be overrun by the by, by Russia? But we're just we're sitting in here and we're not one to do much. We're like we were so afraid to give those uh, twenty nine or twenty four, twenty five, whatever MIG jets to, to to the Ukrainians to use. And it's we might provoke Putin. And Putin, I mean, he, he says something like, "Well, you know, even just supplying now, you you might be now we're not saying we won't attack you if you're bringing supplies, whether they're just whatever type, not just militarily." It's like you worry. He, he, what do you mean? He's already overrunning the whole. You worried about provoking them? What's wrong with people? But uh, and I, I, I'll say this: a guy I've listened to, uh, Tucker Carlson, who I like a lot of his stuff. He's conservative, but I totally disagree with him in his argument. Like, well, what has Russia done against you? Why should we get involved in something that doesn't affect us? It does affect us. There's there's a security issue ultimately, and that's a longer discussion. I'm not going to go into that here, but there is an issue. These are human beings. That that's how it affects me. And to to stand by and let fellow human beings be murdered, to be butchered, and some whole towns have already been leveled, completely, totally leveled, because Russia wants what it wants. I mean, and Christians, that doesn't bother them. And again, you have to go remember, by the way, the Buddha, the Budapest. Uh, memorandum from 1994. We already said if if Ukraine would give up its nuclear weapons, we so it happened we would help protect them. We're lying. We committed to help them, and we're not doing it. And, and so, so people think God's okay with that. To me, um, um, and, and people can disagree with me. I believe America's in trouble. Uh, is due for the total judgment of God, and I believe the church is. And I think of First Peter chapter two and three, for example, where God talks about judgment beginning in the house of God, and and I believe it does apply to Christians. We, we on the whole are so milk toast. We're so compromised. We're so lukewarm. 
Um, and and we as Americans, I, I mean, I've heard people say they're ashamed of being American. Well, I'm ashamed of at least of what America's not doing right now and how we're always looking at, well, do we have an economic interest? Uh, do we stand to make money? And that's the only time we want to get into something. To me, there are basic human rights violations. Why? Because people are made in the image of God. And it doesn't matter if it's halfway around the world. I, I deal with human trafficking when, you know, for the last two years I haven't been able to get out of the country, but uh, to go to uh, Southeast Asia and Asia and other parts of the world that I go to. But human trafficking, I could stay over here and go, well, it's not affecting me. It doesn't doesn't bother me. I'm okay. Is that the attitude God wants us to have? So I'm just talking to Christians right now. I believe the church needs to, on the whole, again, there are churches that are really, I think, doing a great job of really preaching the gospel and being relevant with the implications of the gospel. But the rest of the church, we need to wake up. We need to repent, and we need to wake up and ask God for forgiveness. And and really, it's time for some sackcloth and ashes, in my opinion, and, and repent before the Lord. And it's time to, to give up our sin and start being salt and light. That's primarily preaching the gospel, but that is helping to feed the poor. That is to help clothe people, to help end human trafficking, sex, sex slavery, which goes on around the world, including here in America in various forms. There's all kinds of things that the church could end and make a, I mean, a drastic difference in, but we don't because we, we don't want to be uncomfortable. You know, I just want to chime in real quickly, if I could, Jesse, and the listening audience and guys. You know, I'm looking at, I've been in this area um, back in the 80s, mid-80s, late 80s, where I was traveling, and I was right there in Georgia, right there in Yerevan, right there uh, near the U- U- Ukraine, in Russia, in Moscow, and all those places. And I just remember that uh, a big responsibility, and I think that I don't know how God is going to judge uh, our situation as far as the, the media is concerned, the press is concerned, because I'm, I'm just looking at it almost from the perspective of some 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 things I've been hearing about the, the Russian sh- soldiers, I think, when they were setting up on the borders and everything. Let's go back to 2014. I was reading some stuff about that. But the long story short of it is this. The the the, the media out here and the media uh, in the particular country that you're dealing with, you wonder how people do things and not do things. And it's been, a, a in my opinion, a predication of propaganda on how it's uh, sliced, what we're receiving in our minds, how we're relatively establishing our worldviews and how our worldviews are established. We talk about in this program countless times that, yes, we're the Bible information brokers because we're trying to establish a a biblical worldview on how we're supposed to be doing all this stuff. We've been criticized for saying we're talking about politics and things like that, where the Bible was replete. And uh, God established politics. He established the, the governments and everything and told them how uh, he wants them to be done. And I'm, I'm, I'm personally, when you're talking about praying, Greg, I personally ask God to give me answers uh, to the issues that are going on as though I'm the only one in charge. And what would I have to say? And what would I do about various things? And I actually have them down. I was going to talk about them today. We're talking about them now. So I won't get into all my answers, but I will say this, that one of the major problems is the way we used to have journalism. I took a journalism class back in the 70s in college. And the biggest thing uh, Professor Jacobson told me was, Daryl, you will find out that the media 
is in a whole lot more control. And unfortunately, he's going to be getting more and more control. And he told me, and I was a young man then, he said, just be careful if you get in this business that you be true to what is true, not true to what you want it to be. And that's the propaganda I'm talking about, Craig, that is causing a whole lot of a problem that we have. Talk about fake media? You can call it what you want, but it's definitely uh, it's, it's, uh, it's not a bad word to say there. And that's just my little two cents on that, guys. So, um, Jesse, I hope that is helpful to you in regards to um, yeah. you know, God's part in it, man. I appreciate the thanks call. For, yeah, thanks for yeah, bringing that up. Very you good. You guys went through really detailed with Paul and everything. You know, he had some struggles with Ephesus. And, appreciate you know, your phone always, You know, has a, you know, something going on, but, you know, pray for him, you know, so it's all we can. Indeed. You got to stay on your knees, man, and then ask God what it is that he wants you to do as an individual to deal with all this situation. Not that, you know, you're the president or anybody else in office, but ask God and see what he comes up with for you to do as an individual and then share that and spread that good news. Thank you, Jesse, for your phone call. 888-995-5552 is the number, 888-995-5552, which are open on this question, folks, is the Bible Information Brokers. We want to hear from you. Eric is going to set up your phone call. If you want to send us an email or a tweet or go on the Facebook page where we're live, you can write your questions in there as well, and we'll get those questions that way. We do want to give the biblical response. 888-995-5552 is the number. 888 Everything else is Bible Info Broker. So take care of those platforms, get those questions in, and let's continue with this broadcast and get again as many calls as we can as they come in. Um, we can go to Jeff, guys, in the Simi Valley. Jeff, thanks for holding on and calling in. Hi. Hey, thank you guys so much for what you're doing. I just I love catching you guys on the radio. Um, so I actually heard PCH <clears throat> talk some about sort of what he was talking about tonight about America being judged. And um, I, I, I agree, I, and I, I believe it's true. And um, it's, honestly, it scares me. Um, I have a lot of anxiety over it from time to time. Mm. And looking at world events um, really frightens me. And um, I, I, I was praying to, to God tonight and asking him, like, telling him, just like, God, I'm, I'm agreeing with what, like, you may want to do in this nation, and this nation deserves judgment for the things that it's doing that are evil. But I'm scared. And... Um, mm. Kind of, it, 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 I don't know how. I just wonder: is there? Do you believe God will also provide and protect His people, and is faithful? And and I, you know, I just, I don't know how that may turn out for the people that. Oh, you know, Jeff. Jeff, Jeff, let me chime. Jeff, I will chime in real quickly on this on this point because again, this is some of the stuff that I was dealing with uh, all during the week, and one of the things that came to my mind is how God. Um, told his people, I think it was Nebuchadnezzar, where he had to convince his people, don't fight, go into the exile. Don't fight, go into the exile for that specific thing. So God, is whatever his magnificent and all-knowing way, he is going to care for his people. The, they talk about the battle is not his, ours, but the Lord's, and the idea that we belong to the Lord uh, and how faithful he has been throughout, I'm, I'm just going to say personally for my life, I can do nothing but trust him 
It, it, it's almost be sinful for me not to trust him, Brian, and to have the worry. Don't get me wrong. I understand worry. I understand anxiety. I understand those things. But to the degree you, it's a great opportunity to develop your relationship. It's just like if you're with your big brother or your father. I never had those fears when I'm walking by myself as opposed to when I'm walking with my big brother or my, or my family members. There's a certain strength in those numbers in the God of the universe that has been faithful to me personally. I, it would be just outright sin if I didn't trust him in all this craziness. No, and, and I would add to that, no matter what happens to you, is, you know, the, the, the thing to do is trust in the Lord. Follow him, okay, and whatever happens, happens. The bottom line is, you know, we're with him in eternity, okay? Uh, you know, the Bible talks about fear, um, you know, fear those that can, uh, don't fear those that can kill the body, but sure. can, you know, kill the soul, destroy your soul. And that's what you, I, I totally agree with you, Daryl. You know, when, when it comes to things that are taking place, you know, let's just say the United States is attacked or there's some just crazy stuff. You know, it the, the, the fact is, it's just follow God and you're going to, that's the safest and the best thing to do. And I I will say this before, Professor, you can chime in. I remember how I was before I was in Christ. And it's such a huge distinction as I get to know him more and more and more and more and more. As you get to know him more and as you live this life, man, it's almost like you got to run to daddy. You have to run all of the various things that we've been through in life. Craig, you, me, Brian, and other families, people dying all around us, people being killed, things like that. Who else are you going to trust in? All right. So, PCA, do you have anything you want to share with that? Well, sure. I, I appreciate Jeff's concern, but, but you know, first Sean tells us very clearly, per, perfect love casts out all fear. So mm-hmm. it's one thing to be concerned and to have a respect for something or a, a healthy fear, we might say. Um, but we're not to be dominated by fear. Yes. Uh, that's not the answer. Uh, and as John also says, you know, those who who uh, fear are not made perfect in love. So his love cast out fear, and we were to trust God. What I know is God ultimately is in control, and he's watching over me, and whatever he allows, but um, then I, I, you know, it, it, it passes through the filter of his will, either he causes it or at least allows it to happen, but as much as possible, going back to Jesse in the first question is, but we ought to be doing all that we can as believers yes. to minimize ev- uh, evil and the effects of sin. So let me explain a couple comments. By the way, let me say as well, First Peter 5, 7, Peter says, cast all your cares. The word care there is marina. And that's why in some translations it says anxieties, right? Cast your anxiety, your cares, marina upon the Lord. Why? For he greatly cares for you. So he's he says, you know, you don't have to be all, you know, fear-bound and paralyzed by fear, but give that fear, those cares, the anxieties, the concern to God, and, and trust Him. And, and, and so, uh, really, something I wanted to say earlier and to Jesse and now here is, so look, if someone's going to want to beat me up because I'm a Christian, well, I'm going to have to deal with that. But mm-hmm. if you're going to break in my house and try to harm me or my family or my neighbors, 
or otherwise, well, I'm, I'm not a pacifist. I don't believe the Bible teaches that. I'm going to defend myself, my family, or my neighbors, or others that I can. We as Christians should do all we can to stem evil, promote good and stem evil. So classically in theology, we talk about because there's the three uh, orders of creation. There's at least three things that God has given to promote good and stem evil. Now, they can be messed up and even perverted and actually do the very things they were uh, created for not to do. Uh, but but there is government, there is, in any order, there's government, the family, and the church, and they are to promote good and stem evil. And so, just like a community says, you know, we're not going to allow you to sell drugs to our kids, we're not going to allow the drug uh, cartels to run rampant in this area. We're, uh, I mean, think, I think of all the kids dying of fentanyl, and that is kids <clears> adults. <throat> it's stuff that's laced with it, or or simply people know they're taking fentanyl and it's just so potent that they, they die. One shot. I, I can't tell you the number of people I know around me who've lost young ones to various drugs, including fentanyl. I, I had, it's, it's another, this week again, I had another friend die, not just an acquaintance, but a friend. And the last, this last year's kind of, it, the numbers are pretty high for me personally, but I don't, I don't become fearful about that. It's, it, it, it causes me to want to excel and to live stronger for the Lord more than ever, to be more than ever committed. So I'm not letting fear, not that there's not temptation there, paralyze me, but we should, we should let our concerns, the things we're talking about, Jeff, these should motivate us to do the things we can do that are in our power to make a difference. So if, if I was concerned about crime in my area, which I have, my, my, neighbor, my, my neighbor was held up at gunpoint, had a guy put a gun to his head. I'm not exaggerating. So, I mean, I'm talking, I've got a bunch of stories I'll spare you in my immediate neighborhood, right? And, but what I can do, I talk to the police and I say, we need, more, we need more patrols, we need you to be aware of this, not that they're not doing a good job. I'm just saying we can make a difference, not just be fearful. And, I mean, I honestly believe Christians spend too much time fearing or obsessing and worrying than praying. And I ask people often, they'll tell me, well, I'm, I'm really concerned about this, and this is really... And, and many times these are, by the way, completely legitimate concerns. I'm not belittling their concerns, but then I ask them, okay, but are you praying about this? But, but, but often they, oh, well, uh, no. And I'm like, so you just choose to worry, but you're not going to pray to the God of the universe who can change this. And then we pray these very generic prayers. Oh, God, save the world and the rainforest and, and make people like each other. I like to pray specifically. God, I need you to do this in my life, in my children's life, in my spouse's life. I want you to do this with my friend or uh, a prayer request brought up in our Sunday morning time of fellowship. Like, Lord, these are, these are concerns. So-and-so is suffering with this form of cancer. I mean, he knows that. I'm not like I'm telling him something he doesn't know. But, Lord, we're asking you to intervene. So-and-so needs wisdom. They're fighting this or that issue, or they have a problem with with a, a sibling, or, or whatever. We need to pray specifically, not these generic, oh, save the world prayers. Um, I don't say you can't pray that, but be specific. I want to pray for specific people, individually and collectively. I want to spend my time and energy not just being in fear or worry, which are related to each other. I want to spend my time praying 
to God and preparing myself and making a difference. I, I was so proud of some friends of mine. Not that I thought less of them, but uh, would, not that I would expect any less from them, but they were talking about how they're concerned for Ukraine, what's going on, and they know of a very reputable uh, a ministry that has a really strong ministry in the Ukraine area. And so they, they gave money towards that. I mean, that, so they're praying, but they're not just praying. They're taking some money that they have, and they gave it to ministry because of they were positive as much as you can humanly know of the legitimacy of this ministry and that the bulk of this money, if not all of it, was going to get, the money was going to be used for what they said it was going to be used for. So it was a credible ministry. And if we, we as Christians would do that, I think we'd see the world change, but we don't. I'm going to, I want to buy a bigger, better car. That's all life matters is I've got to drive a fancier model. Why? Because I'm so insecure, because I've got to prove that I'm really worthwhile and just as good as my neighbor, so I've got to have a better car than they do. And it's not that cars are wrong or boats or, to, you know, the toys, but we, we as Christians, we live for these things just like our secular neighbors do. And if we would invest the time in prayer and the word and fellowship and in giving our money towards legitimate uh, charities, uh, and, I, you know, Christian organizations in particular that I know that the money, are reputable, the money's going to get where it goes, we would see a different world. But don't let fear paralyze you. Let it, let it provoke you. Let it propel you to, to love and good deeds my friend. You know, we lost Jeff as far as the phone call is concerned. Jeff, I hope that you heard all the professor said. He just hung up um, for whatever reason uh, just a few seconds ago. And Craig, I mean, look, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and share one of the little thoughts I had in regards. I'm asking God about the, the issues that we have in regards to this gas thing, all the gas going up to like 6 $7 and things like that, a gallon. Um, and I just thought about this from the standpoint of um, – Acts uh, 2, when the church first got started, where people were bringing in, um, you know, the things that they had. They didn't have to sell the things they had, but they they brought it in for the Mm -hmm. common good. And so here's what what I want to do. I'm going to say this so that I can... um, tape it myself, cut and paste the tape and send it to my my congressional leader. And here's what my answer is as far as the gas prices are concerned in light of uh, Acts 2. I'm going to suggest that our leaders in every district that we have, our congressperson, would go to their district and map out five or ten mile, in, uh, um, what do you call those things, uh, ten mile radiuses in their district. And then all you got to do is do the mathematics just on the gas. Now, I would suggest all the needs, come up with a figure that people have needs, food, you know, shelter, clothing. I'm just going to stick with gas as an example. And just simply get the amount of money that gas costs. People already have filed their taxes. People have already um, filed taxes for last year, for example. And you can use that as a basis, whether it's a gross or whether it's adjusted gross income. If, Brian, if I make uh, 50% more than Brian, then what I should be paying for gas, and my suggestion that the leaders step up and do this themselves, is in that 10-mile radius that we that I pay the amount of, like, 67% for the gas, and Brian would pay 33%. I'm sorry, B, I got you on the lower end. That's okay. I know you appreciate that. But that that type of idea, when I, when I start crunching the numbers and saying this very, in my opinion, is not easy to do. But it's, it's very doable as a moratorium, as we're going to do this for whatever length of time until we get out of this crisis. Whatever the crisis is as far as these prices, that's just an idea that our leaders need to step up and show themselves all the money that they're making. I can afford maybe $10 a gallon. Brian may not be able to afford $10, but he can afford the $3 a gallon that he's been paying based upon 
objective proof, OPP, already proven he did his taxes. We already know what he makes. I already know what I make. And then let the numbers dictate what we should be paying. As an example of me asking God to give me something that I can present to our leaders that may or may not be doable. But it's better than not doing anything is my point when you pray to God specifically about a situation. Craig, that's what I was relating to. My thoughts and my thoughts alone. 888 is the number. 888 And since we're talking about money, <laughs> Brian, can you help us out? Let the people know that they can give. And participate. And participate in whatever they want to do. They don't have to call their leaders. <laughs> they don't have to call the media. They can do that based upon what God, how God has blessed them. Yeah, and uh, they can give very easily, uh, Daryl. They can go to the website, okay, and they could um, uh, click on the link that says support and donate, and they can give that way. Very, very easy, very, very simple. And uh, don't have to drive to a gas station or nothing. You just <laughs> just go right on your computer to give. Amen. Okay. Yes. Uh, now, if you want to mail in a uh, uh, a check or a crashes check using snail mail, obviously you can uh, make it out to Living by the Word. And that address that you would mail it to is P.O. Box nine zero four seven seven, P.O. Box nine zero four seven seven. And that's in Los Angeles, California, 90009. Uh, I do want to thank those that uh, support this ministry. Um, I do ask that you pray for this ministry, continue to pray for this ministry. Uh, I thank those that do it. Okay. And I, and I thank you uh, for the entire uh, team at, at Living by the Word, the Bible Information Brokers. Mm-hmm. So again, again, uh, we do need your we do need your your donations. We need them to, to keep us on air, uh, to uh, keep all the you know everything it takes to run this radio broadcast. So again, uh, you have the website bibleinfobrokers.com. Click on support and donate, or you can mail in your donations. Make it out to Living by the Word, PO Box nine zero four seven seven in Los Angeles, and that's nine zero 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 nine. And here I go. If you want to save fees, you want to save stamps, do like I do. Or if you have an online presence with your bank, simply make a request for your bank to send it out that way. And that way you don't even have to mail it or put a stamp on it or even write a check. The bank will do it automatically for you, and that's the way I do it. Fee-less because it's your bank account, your checking account in particular, and the banks will mail the check out to the various ministries that you want to support. That's just a little easy way of saving fees, which I definitely can't stand. You know, uh, PCH, before we go back to the calls, there was a young lady, a woman that called in and said, very seriously, according to our, our good friend Eric, that you should consider becoming one of our leaders as far as political. Do you have any political aspirations of the Lord been moving upon your heart to do something in that area? No, but but I do help train people who do that. Uh, I mean, I not only, as people may know, teach people, you know, theology and, mm-hmm. and philosophy and all that, but I actually teach at a law school. And I have certainly had students who've gone on uh, with political aspirations, and I encourage them. All of us have various gifts, and my, my, my goal is to encourage others to do that. This idea that Christians don't do politics or politics somehow is necessarily 
bad. I just, I don't buy that. I believe that there are many spears and they all belong to the, and should be done to the glory of God and that we should be involved in changing our society and mm-hmm. using multiple approaches. That's why I believe in the arts and sciences. I want to see more Christians in, in the, the movie industry and yeah. in, in writing, uh, but political as well. So that's not my aspirations. And there are a number of reasons that I, I wouldn't do well politically because my, my convictions <laughs> are very strong. And I, I, I mean, people would find out that I, I'm not trying to be mean, but I disagree with, you know, Hinduism and Buddhism right, and that. Right. And so I, I can't, it's hard to build a coalition, coalition that way because of my strong theological convictions. Interesting but, you use that word, PCH. Interesting you use that word because here it goes, Brian. You think I was going to go the whole broadcast without talking about golf and correct that coalition word you did? We're dealing with the idea we're going to have a global golf gumbo coalition. And if you know anything about gumbo, you know you should, Craig. You've eaten, you've eaten gumbo before, and Brian, I know mm-hmm. you know about it. And all, just think about a gumbo coalition. There was a guy that um, we used to be the mayor of uh, New Orleans, uh, Mark Morial. He's actually the the leader, the president of the um, Urban League. Anyway, I happened to listen to his book on audio book about seven hours. I read, the, listened to the whole thing straight seven hours. And the reason why I did is because I'm dealing with. Uh, the whole idea about what golf, the game of golf, can do for the world. And I'm going to throw two questions out there for you guys. I won't give the third one until next week. But the two questions I'm going to have in order for you to get an account or to have an account with my Fulton 54 perfect score, you have to be able to answer the first question and then answer the second question. One will lead into the other, will lead into the third. If you get that third question, once you answer that third question, then you can continue on with uh, establishing an account in the perfect uh, score of golf league. The first question is this guys is going to deal with the question of what race are you? And then in the drop box, they're going to have a drop box and have a little check mark. You know how you put the little check on the computer because it's all going to be done that way. The drop box is going to read human. If you do not check that box, you cannot go to question number two. So that means I don't want you if you're not part of the race. What race? The human race. So if you are a human and you want to participate, click that box. You go to question number two. Question number two is simply this, guys. And I'm doing it now because I want to get feedback and your thoughts about it even right now. Question number two is, is this. What ethnicity or culture do you identify with? There's going to be a drop box. And then my drop box is going to have that little square again, and you got to check this in order to be able to continue. That drop box, which you thought might be many, many, many different choices, is going to be one choice. And if you check it, you can continue. And the answer to that or the drop box will read, what difference does it make? It doesn't to me. If you check that box, you can continue on with my application. And I'll give you the third question next week because it's going to be a whole lot more controversy with the third question to be able to continue on. And I'll save that for next week. But those are the two questions that I'm going to be dealing with because what am I trying to do, guys? I'm saying that the Gumbo Golf Global Coalition will help people come together under what golf is all about. And I've been sharing it with you guys. And that's what I believe I should be doing to get back that word race. And all this racism and all that kind of stuff. No, there's one race. Ethnicities, okay, many of them. Cultures, many of them. But what difference does it make when you're on a golf course? Because it doesn't. Come on out and golf. That's just the invitation to all you guys. 
888 You guys can do your little commercials a little later on, but I got mine's in there. What did you say, Greg? Anyway, we got to go to Ryan uh, right now in the city of Los Angeles. Wake up, Craig. Ryan, thanks a lot for calling in. How you doing, sir? Good. How you doing? Doing well, doing well. What's your question for the night? Yes, um, I just wanted to know if anybody there had any information about this ancient battle that I believe that's really going on here, uh, the Russians against the Ukraine. And from what I'm getting from information from uh, Sister Sheila Holm is that this is an ancient battle against the Hazarians. And this uh, Hazarians have somehow infiltrated all parts of uh, the world and even in our government. And she goes into deep detail on how it has something to do even with our Georgia Guidestones. And she's pretty detailed on, you know, some of the things that's been going on as far as, you know, this war. Okay. And I was just wondering if, if you guys had any knowledge of that. I personally don't. Brian, you? Craig? No. No, and I, and I have to say, uh, there's a, and, and I just be respectful, there's a billion and one conspiracy theories. I don't buy into those. There are so many. I, every time I think I've heard the last one, there's another one, there's another one, there's another one. Uh, I, I don't buy into conspiracy theories and things like that, so I don't keep up on them because there's so many. There's literally, it seems like there's, there's X amount of new ones every day. Um, I, I I don't keep up on that stuff. I don't even try because I don't buy I don't buy into it. Uh, so sorry, with all due respect, yeah. I, I don't even investigate that. Okay. I don't believe I don't believe in conspiracy theories either. But is, is what I'm getting is you know the spirit really moved me when she started talking about the details of it, and the more information uh, that I pulled up on it, there's so much there that it, it's something I believe that you know you guys should look into because. You know how the media is. You guys were mentioning how the media loves to, you know, sidetrack us from the truth. And I believe that there's a lot of truth in it. So I, I would just encourage you to, you yeah. know, look into it. Yeah, I appreciate you, but I, and I appreciate you. you know, I appreciate your sincerity and what you, what you believe. But I've heard, you know, what you just said with all sincerity, and I don't doubt your sincerity. This about so many things, and, and if I literally. If I spent time, I mean, first of all, I've looked into I don't know how many cons, uh, various views like this. And if I spent my time just trying to research these, I would never get anything else done. I would only research this stuff because it, it, it never ended. It always seems to have legitimacy to it. The only legitimacy I'm going to put into anything is books like Ezekiel and Isaiah and some of the other prophetic books in the Old Testament where they talk about various events than the ones in particular that I believe are still yet to come to pass. Other than that, I personally, I just don't, I don't spend time. So I appreciate that, but, but yeah, it's not going to happen. So thank you. All right, Ryan, really appreciate that phone call, brother. And ladies and gentlemen, again, if you have anything that you want to just uh, send to us by way of email or stuff like that, and we, you kind of get an understanding of what our, what our views are. You get a kind of understanding that what we try to focus on, if it is a, if, if you believe that the Bible may have an answer about something, focus on that, man, because guys, one of the things that we have in our resources is that whole idea of Bible info brokers. We want to broker what the Bible says about everything in life. 
everything in life. Now, everything in life may include some of the things you've heard about and even some of the things you're going through. But, Brian, that's what we do. Bible info brokers. What does the Bible say about the particular issue? We have an email question, Daryl. Go ahead. You know what? We have about mm, three or four minutes left. Let's see if we can take it. Uh, It's from Kathleen. She says in Matthew 13, verse 33, Jesus tells the disciples that the kingdom of heaven is like yeast. Doesn't yeast symbolize evil in the Bible? Shouldn't this parable be understood differently? Yeast and sin, PCH. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I'm sorry. What was the passage again in Matthew? Matthew 13:33. Yeah, well, yeast typically, it's not almost always, it's not always is a type of evil, uh, but... I do recommend a book like, and sorry, Brian, one more time, 13... Matthew 13.33. Yeah. And so, and the question was, again, uh, it says, this happens that the kingdom of heaven is like yeast, but then it was, what well, doesn't yeast symbolize the evil in the Bible? Yeah, it does. <clears throat> um, but notice the whole context uh, of, of Matthew 13. Uh, so let me see, I, I highly recommend a book, it's an older book, and it's a classic, called The Parables and Metaphors of Our Lord. The Parables and Metaphors of Our Lord by G. Campbell Morgan, who does a phenomenal job. Almost all, I can't say all, but almost all of Matthew 13 is giving various examples of counterfeits, of the wheat and the tares, talking about uh, the, the seed that the Word of God sown upon four types of soil, um, it has various things. Even above it, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in the field. Now, notice it says, though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet it grows. When, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and perch in it, and the branches. So I mentioned verses 31, 32. We can talk about 33, but almost all. Look at Jesus actually tells us the whole point of all these passages. He tells us in 36 and, that, and following, he says, then he left the, then he, he, let the, uh, he left the crowd and went into a house. His disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable, for example, of the, of the weeds in the, the field. And he said, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man, that is Jesus. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the sons uh, and daughters of the kingdom. The weeds are for the sons of this of the evil one, and the enemy has sown them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the, the harvesters are the angels. And so, in other words, I, I mean, I, I think our friend is on the money here. The, 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 the point is this, is that... There's an old saying, every time God builds his church, the devil builds a chapel next door. And I would say it even a little differently. The devil spends more time at church on Sundays or otherwise than he does in the bars because people are already his. He doesn't need to mess them up. He, he wants to mess up the church. And the, and the family. So the idea, the idea is, is birds are almost always, if not always, a sign of evil or judgment as well. And so it's saying that when God does his work, the devil does his work, and often there is the counterfeit. There are the false believers. There are the, the false representatives of Christianity. Uh, there is, you know, groups that claim to be more tolerant and loving and Christian than Christians, but they're not. They teach people that you can do anything you want. You can still go to heaven. So, yeah, uh, it, it is. It, it is. Yeast is 
a symbol of evil. And that's the whole point. As the church grows, inevitably, people who are not really believers and or who are evil do things, and they do it right in the church. And it brings disrepute to the church. It brings dishonor to Christ. And... And it, and it messes the church up. There are So let me give you an example. I know quickly we'll come to the top of the hour here. No but how many times have I heard of a guy coming to the church, and he's looking for women to sleep with, and I'm saying it nicely. He comes in and looking to have sex with people, and he's looking, uh, taking it like his own harem or something, like he's going to take people who he thinks are probably more gullible and not as experienced, and will fall for his pickup lines and then trying to, to, to have sexual relations with them. That is so common. I can't tell you the number of times I've heard things like that. Why in the church? Because that's what I believe naive people are and they're vulnerable and they're vulnerable. And so that's where people who are evil and and the devil himself is often doing his most work is right in the church itself. Well, one of the things we're going to do right on this radio broadcast is take a break. And Ryan, uh, Sean, hang in there. We're going to get to you on the other side of the break. And if you want to join Sean on the phone, telephonically call 888-995-5552. Call Eric Right now, during the break, he'll set you up to get those questions asked and answered. Everybody else, Bible Info Brokers, email, tweet, Facebook, Bible Info Brokers. Use those formats, and we'll be back after these messages. And we have a special, special presentation to you that has eternal consequences. We'll see you on the side of the break. <laughs> 